0: listen to blood is thicker the hargan family killings wherever you get your podcasts welcome to the i can't sleep podcast with benjamin boster if you're tired of sleepless nights you'll love the i can't sleep podcast I help quiet your mind by reading random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. Each episode provides enough interesting content to hold your attention, and then your mind lets you drift off. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's I Can't Sleep with Benjamin Boster. Hi, I'm Andrew, and welcome to the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month. In these episodes, we strive to uncover some of the most shocking and unsolved mysteries from across the world. This month's episode is dedicated to five chilling cases that will have you questioning what really happened. This edition begins with a horrific story involving a police officer who was supposed to be sworn in to protect his community, but instead became an abuser. We'll then move on to the concerning development in San Fran where law enforcement can now apparently use robots to legally kill someone. The third case takes us to Arkansas where a couple perpetrated an unthinkable crime. We'll then take a look at the bizarre case of a preacher who ordered the beating and killing of his own wife back in 1988 and how this case has taken an unexpected turn recently. And finally, we'll wrap things up with the touching story of a woman who, after more than five decades of captivity, was able to get reunited with a real family and reclaim her true identity. These are just some examples of the scary yet compelling mysteries we'll explore in this month's episode. Join us now as we dive deeper into each one, uncovering new evidence and piecing together clues that could help finally solve these cases once and for all. Here are the strange and scary mysteries of the month to wrap up the year of December 2022. Number five, ex-cop grooms teen and kills her family. In early 2016, Austin Edwards, a former state trooper, suffered a serious mental breakdown when he and his then-girlfriend broke up. When his father... Christopher found him attempting to end his life with a deep cut to his wrist. Emergency responders were immediately called in. Austin refused help and even threatened to kill himself and his father if any further interventions were made. Due to the severity of this incident, authorities issued an emergency custody order which allowed law enforcement officials to take him into custody for evaluation and care. Medical professionals soon determined that Austin had both suicidal tendencies as well as the capacity to harm others. Despite this troubling diagnosis, Austin graduated from the Virginia State Police Academy in 2022 and was then deployed as a full-pledged law enforcer in Henrico County, Virginia. Those who worked with him described him as someone who mostly kept to himself. In November of 2022, he transferred as a patrol deputy with the Washington County Sheriff's Office, but unbeknownst to those around him at the time, he had been active on online dating sites impersonating 17-year-old boys in order to talk with young girls around the same age, one of whom was a 15-year-old from Riverside, California. The 28-year-old then, on November 28, embarked on a cross-country journey to meet her in person, and when finally confronting her at home on December 3rd, proceeded to kill her mother, grandmother, and grandfather before setting their house ablaze and taking the teenager hostage by force. After an intense car chase down Interstate 10 that ended in a shootout between Edwards and San Bernardino County Sheriff's SWAT team, where Edwards was fatally shot, police safely recovered the victim while they began piecing together what occurred prior leading up to this tragic event. Riverside police concluded that Austin acted alone during all three murders as well as setting the fire, revealing it was all part of an organized catfishing scheme where predators pretend to be someone they are not in order to gain access to younger victims online. In light of all these shocking events, Virginia police were asked how a man so dangerous as Edwards ended up in law enforcement in the first place. Since this is still an ongoing investigation, Washington County Sheriff's Office said they have yet to review the suspect's hiring process. Needless to say, though, this tragedy could have been prevented had they paid attention to the red flags and done a proper vetting. Number four, San Fran Police to Use Killer Robots. Desperate times call for desperate measures. In 2016, the Dallas Police Department was presented with a difficult situation where a sniper holed up in his nest killed five officers over an hour's long standoff. More lives could have been taken, both from the authorities and the civilian, had it not been for their decision to improvise. Like a scene from a cop movie, officers came up with a plan to use a robot equipped with a C-4 explosive and was driven toward the location of the shooter and then detonated, neutralizing him. In San Francisco, the question of whether their local law enforcement should be able to employ similar strategies as their counterparts in Dallas had done has recently become a topic of conversation. In November of 2022, a conference was held to discuss the matter. and It was then that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted in favor Of allowing police officers to use ground-based robots with lethal capabilities when faced with imminent risk to human life. The condition being that all other options have been exhausted before this alternative would be implemented. San Francisco already has robots capable of performing various functions like reconnaissance, bomb disposal, and rescue operations, However, their new fleet would specifically be used for more extreme circumstances like contact, incapacitate, or disorient targets without relying on human lives. Moreover, any usage of such machines would need authorization from at least one senior police official first. Despite the potential benefits these robots could bring in certain situations, the proposal didn't go unchallenged by members of the public and civil organizations who were concerned about the implications behind mechanizing deadly force, which would ultimately result in a decreased trust between law enforcement and community members. As expected, the proposition caused debates that, surprisingly, ultimately led to its eventual stoppage in December when officials realized they hadn't provided enough time for public engagement on the decision. It was then that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors released a statement saying they'd withhold their vote until suitable precautions were taken into account. But still, this raised further questions. What if the same situation that happened in Dallas happens again? Should authorities allow numerous lives to be lost before implementing alternatives like having a robot go in? After all this deliberation, citizens can only wait and hope that such scary scenarios won't happen again and put them in a difficult position where hard decisions must be made between safety and morality. Number 3. Baby Burglar In Arkansas, a woman named Ashley Bush was looking for work-from-home job opportunities, Being 31 weeks pregnant, she wanted to make sure that she and her partner, Joshua Willis, would be able to provide for their upcoming baby. On October 28, 2022, the expectant mother and her fiancé met a woman who went by the name of Lucy at a public library in Gravette, Arkansas. Ashley had initially met this Lucy online where they discussed the possibility of employment. Willis later recalled that on the following day, Lucy messaged his fiancée to tell her that she had to meet her supervisor in Maysville at around 11 a.m. Eager to get the job, Ashley asked Joshua to drive her to a store where the women would supposedly meet. He noted having seen the pickup truck their contact had driven at their first meetup. Later on that afternoon, Willis went to pick Ashley up at the same spot where he dropped her off when he saw the same truck from earlier rushing past the store. Inside were Lucy and his bride-to-be. He called Ashley right away, but it went straight to her voicemail, and he attempted to pursue, but lost them eventually. On the side of the road, the man found his partner's phone, which he in turn surrendered to the Benton County Sheriff's Office on November 1st. BCSO investigators dug deep into Ashley's Facebook account, logged into her phone, and there they found her conversation with the woman who called herself Lucy. Her account was only recently created, just days prior, and a quick trace of the IP address brought them to a residence in Pineville, Missouri, owned by Jamie Waterman. Working with local authorities, BCSO detectives searched the property There, they found the pickup truck where Ashley was last seen riding in. They also discovered blood stains which quickly raised more red flags. Upon talking to Mr. Waterman, it was then found out that Lucy was actually an alias used by his wife, Amber Waterman. In his statement, Amber allegedly admitted to him that she shot and killed Ashley before asking her husband for help in disposing of the body by burning it in a fire pit. After further interrogations, it was then found that Mrs. Waterman had attempted to steal Ashley's baby from her womb and make it her own. But she, of course, failed. The remains of the unborn child were found later on in a different location. Both the husband and wife were immediately arrested and are now awaiting trial. This twisted tragedy, though, this goes to show how unpredictable life can be and how scary unsolved mysteries can be when left unresolved. It also serves as a reminder of how important it is for all of us not only to stay vigilant but also mindful when engaging with strangers online or in person as you never know what terrible fate might await you if you don't take precautionary measures beforehand. Number 2. Preacher Plans to Murder Wife Everyone in her community remembered Elizabeth Sennett as a kind, helpful person who was deeply devoted to her family. That's why when news about her shocking death broke out on March 18, 1988, it sent shockwaves of disbelief and horror throughout her hometown of Sheffield, Alabama. Reverend Charles Sennett discovered his wife lying in a pool of her own blood, she had been brutally beaten with a galvanized pipe and stabbed multiple times in the chest, neck, face, and head. Evidence suggested that robbery was the motive for this brutal crime, as a video cassette recorder and stereo were found missing from the property. However, after noticing the woman had recently been insured by her husband, they compelled detectives to take a deeper look into the case. Which led them to some other unsettling discoveries about the Reverend's past. He had suffered mental illness previously, was caught having an extramarital affair with another woman as well. On top of that, he was also in serious financial debt, which made investigators question if there could have been an ulterior motive behind the murder of his wife. Eventually, further digging revealed that Reverend Sennett contacted a man named Billy Williams offering him $3,000 to commit the act of killing Elizabeth. Billy then subcontracted John Parker and Kenneth Smith for $1,000 each to carry out the gruesome task. Parker and Smith entered the home of Elizabeth under false pretenses that they wanted to inquire about a hunting site on the property before viciously attacking Elizabeth, who pleaded for her life until Parker eventually stabbed her multiple times. Then, to make it look like burglars were responsible for this heinous deed, they stole the video cassette recorder and stereo from the house, which was later found at one of the killer's homes. Scared of facing the consequences of his actions, the Church of Christ minister then shot himself in an apparent suicide just a week after his wife's tragic death, leaving prosecutors convinced that he did, in fact, have Elizabeth killed so he could claim insurance money to pay off his debts. John Parker paid the ultimate price after being convicted as he was executed by lethal injection in 2010, while Williams received life in jail instead due to being underage at the time of the crime. And Kenneth Smith, for his part, is still awaiting execution, which is supposed to take place soon. It's truly scary how cruel people can be, especially when money enters into the equation. For the amount of $1,000 each, Smith, Parker, and Williams forfeited their lives when they agreed to kill an innocent, faithful, and loving woman. Number one, reunited after 51 years. How would you react if out of the blue someone messaged you on Facebook to tell you that they were a long-lost family member? You'd probably think that it was a scam. However, a woman named Melissa Highsmith took the bait. Suffice to say, her decision to link with these strangers became the best decision she ever made in her life. Her story began in 1971 when a mother named Alta Apentenko posted an ad in the local newspaper searching for someone to look after her 21-month-old daughter while she went to work. In August of that year, a person answered that ad, went to the toddler's home in Fort Worth, Texas, and abducted the baby. The authorities were tasked with solving this mysterious case, but they were met with many roadblocks due to a lack of leads. Despite filing a missing persons report immediately after Melissa's kidnapping, their efforts eventually came to a standstill. And weeks turned into months and months into years. Soon enough, it had been five decades since any news of Melissa had surfaced. In the meantime, Melissa was given another name, Melanie Miyoko, and adopted by another family. She lived out her childhood with them under difficult circumstances, she wasn't allowed to go out and play like the other kids due to her supposed brain damage, or at least that's what she was told by her adoptive mother. At 15 years old, already fed up with her life there, Melanie ran away from home in search of freedom and self-discovery. And so everyone went their separate ways. But In 2021, however, Hope arrived in an unexpected form. A tip that Melissa might be living in Charleston, South Carolina, prompted Jeffrey Highsmith to take a 23andMe DNA test, which then established his connection with one of Melanie's children, effectively confirming that he had found his long-lost daughter at last. Rebecca Highsmith contacted Melanie on Facebook about these discoveries shortly after. Despite having doubts about its authenticity at first due to being scammed multiple times before the incident occurred, something inside her compelled her to follow through. So Melanie asked the person who raised her what the deal was. They haven't talked since 2002 and they're not on the best of terms, but the need to find out who she really was was enough to break the silence. A woman who claimed to be Melanie's adoptive mother confessed that she bought the girl off someone else for $500. Although this information is still being looked into and Melanie doesn't really believe that she paid that money and suspects that she could actually be the kidnapper. Finally, reunited after 51 long years apart from one another, Melissa Highsmith has finally reclaimed her birth name and is slowly getting reacquainted with the family that deeply missed and yearned for her during all those sleepless nights spent searching for any clues, leading them towards finding their beloved daughter once more despite being essentially strangers now after such an incredibly long passage of time. They're together now, and that's something truly amazing. So that concludes our exploration of the Scary Unsolved Mysteries for the month of December 2022. I hope you've enjoyed delving into some of the most shocking and haunting true crime cases from all around the world with us this year. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a safe and happy 2023. Stay safe out there.